Welcome to another episode of uh, Hyper 90s Zeitgeist Breakdown. <laughs> Emphasis on breakdown? Uh, not quite yet. <laughs> Things are okay. <laughs> Things are worse than ever! <laughs> you know what that's from? Uh, I feel like I should. <laughs> I just rewatched The Dark Knight the other day. Oh, that was, that was on, I was watching it somewhere. I don't remember where. I rewatch it every year. But what what gets me is all the beat cops. Yeah. The best dialogue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's in the, in the scene where Harvey's like, he's trying to talk to them in the, at the press conference. Oh yeah. Yeah. One of the guys in the background is like, things are worse than ever. And then another guy's like, no more dead cops! Criminals are being mean to me. <laughs> <laughs> I just finished rewatching phase one. Ah, uh, okay, going over everything before your, before the big one. Yeah, that's right. I gotta catch up on the things I missed. What have you missed? Um, I haven't gotten around to Ragnarok yet. And I still haven't seen Ant-Man. Huh. Ant-Man's pretty good. I think you'll like that one. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Pena is the best part in that movie. <laughs> uh, and Ragnarok's, Ragnarok's pretty good. I think I, I need to rewatch that one. It's, I saw it in a theater and I was like in the front row to the side. And oh, yeah. It was, I enjoyed it, but it's, you know, it's not the ideal way to... Watch yeah, that. that's how I ended up seeing, not quite front row to the side, but definitely not ideal sit- a sitting arrangement for Black Panther. <laughs> yeah, um, I saw someone on Twitter the other day say that they went and saw it the other day and the theaters was, was still packed. If you'd like to know more about our thoughts on Black Panther, <laughs> you can... Turn yourself to the latest episode of this show. Well, second latest. Yeah. This, this will be the latest in which you're listening to it. Uh, I guess it's clear, rewatching these, that they, somewhere along we decided to build into this thing called Infinity War. Yeah. And I'd always, I'd always thought Infinity War was just the business because it was the business, but the reason why Infinity Anything kind of like immediately hits Marvel for us is because it was actually a nineties product. That's why I didn't, I didn't know that. I thought it was a lot older. You know, I think I got that sense too. I think Thanos was created in the eighties and maybe Adam Warlock too. Yeah. Um, well, they, they'd had, um, conflicts both with all those characters and involving the infinity stones, but it's the gauntlet that's, uh, the new, the new thing and the combined power of the stones in unison. Yeah. That I think is unique to Infinity Gauntlet War and everything following. Yeah. So what, what you, I, I feel like, like we read this shit because it was the nineties and I didn't know anything about, uh, Infinity War, but I'm, I'm starting to realize like, I'm glad that we read this stuff, but I, I think that where they're going is they might be pulling from for some of the later stuff that I think was done maybe like 
they too. did another in uh, another storyline titled Infinity War that they might be pulling more from. Yeah, but um, there's still a bunch of shit here that. Is, yeah. I mean, reading all this, so I guess we should say what we read. Uh, we read Thanos Quest. Mm-hmm. Uh, we read Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War, and Infinity Crusade. Yeah. Um, had you? What was your frame of reference for any of this so i um i was way back in the day i was like reading a uh copy of wizard (laughs) and and it there was like top 10 heroes of all time raw shit ever that they ever did yeah and what stood out was um the each um each hero they listed had like a big defining moment Mm-hmm. And for reference, uh, they actually had uh, Gordon in there, like lower in the top ten, but still there. And the yeah. defining moment for him was following, like near the end of events in uh, um, Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Here yeah. come the spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, the point where Batman's about to go off and break Joker in half, and Gordon, in spite of being literally put through hell, is like, no. We do this shit right by the book. Yeah, yeah. It's like, god damn. I remember that. He's you like, got an iron will, motherfucker, because I would have hate fucked him <laughs> after all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Cables is getting kinky. No, there's see, that's the thing. There's no kink there. I don't actually <laughs> want to do it. It's just Joker wants it even less than me. Yeah. That's why that's dark. Um. Yeah, but I do remember that. Uh, he's like, um, I mean, he's telling Batman, like, I'm not gonna let you throw your life away or some shit. Mm-hmm. Which is a pretty cliched line, but Batman is at the end of his rope. I like the way that one is. But yeah, in the face of all that everyone involved had gone through to that point, yeah, you're seeing more than the cliche. It's like, you see, the, the reason why it's cliche is apparent there. Yeah. But I, I think, uh, I see where you're going with this. I'm, I'm guessing Cap was one of those people. Cap was pretty high up, and it's specifically in in one of the parts we read where, in the face of Thanos, literally a god above gods, is looking at Cap like, "What you gonna do?" And Cap's like, "You ain't shit. <laughs> I'm gonna kick your ass, motherfucker. <laughs> I yeah. ain't scared of nothing." I wish I had that panel right in front of me. It's funny watching the the trailers for the upcoming movie, and a lot of people online are chattering about kind of the themes of Cap. And one of the there's a couple things that it's, it's a, you know one is I could do this all day. That's so, what I was thinking of. Yeah. Repeated line, but then the other line is uh, from the first Avenger when he goes, "I don't want to kill anyone. I just don't like bullies, and I don't care where they're from." Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling we might get a, a callback to that in there. But, um, I'm hoping so. But yeah, uh, these books, everything that we read, it, I was not surprised. I mean, I guess I was surprised. Not surprised that we didn't, that really kind of the Avengers and the, the whole Marvel Universe and the X-Men and the Fantastic Four, basically they're all just cannon fodder in all of these stories. Yeah, they're almost cameos. Yeah, they, a lot of them are. Um, in Crusade, they get a little bit more to play yeah, with. Yeah, they're, 
they're they're a bit more of the focus. But uh, yeah, let me just say that interesting a character as he is, I am all Adam Warlocked out for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was I, there was a whole lot of him going on in there. Yeah, and that's a, another question: is I wonder if they fought, how close they stick to any of this. Who will they? Were they just put Doctor Strange in that in the Adam Warlock position? I don't think he's not uh, powerful enough. Yeah, no. Well, um, uh, I don't know if you want to edit this out or not. Uh, have you? <sighs> Have you seen everything Marvel? Uh, I've seen all of the movies. I haven't seen like Agents of Shield. Okay, so you remember the um the uh at at the end of Guardians two. Yeah. So he will have a he'll he's likely to have a presence. That's wait Adam Warlock. They um at the end it's hinted that that race of gold aliens that they pissed off. Uh-huh. They mentioned creating something to take out the Guardians, and the leader lady is like, I'll call it Adam or some shit. Oh, you know, I don't remember that. I, well, I mean, I do remember that, but I didn't... Adam Warlock wasn't in my brain, so I didn't... I never, mm-hmm. But I remember that now. Huh, that's it's interesting. But they, I haven't looked at the, the cast list for Infinity War, partly because I want to be surprised. Yeah. Um, and mostly I... I just don't want to like look at it and be disappointed at who's not there. I'd rather mm-hmm. go into it and be surprised. But yeah, I feel like there would have been buzz if somebody had been cast, but maybe it was on the down low. Well, the other thing too is um, this is just my speculation. Um, I don't think Dan- Thanos is going to assemble the complete gauntlet, so there may not be as much of a need for him to be as essential as he is in these stories. I feel that was one of the things that was surprising to me with all these stories was that Thanos was the central character and Adam Warlock too, but really more so I felt Thanos mm-hmm. and I thought he was a really fascinating character and I think there's a lot to play with. So yeah, because from the trailers, like not really knowing anything about Thanos before I read all this stuff, I kind of just thought like, okay, he's the big guy and he's got some delusion uh, about you know. What he wants to, you know, he wants to balance the universe or whatever the fuck that means. Yeah. Um, and reading this, hearing the backstory to that, I, I would love for them to adapt it, like, like his logic from the comics, which is he's, he's in love with death. Um, yeah, I knew that much about him beforehand. Yeah, I did not know that. And that's what in, inspires him to, uh, he's, he's kind of doing everything to press her and, so I guess before Thanos quest, he's kind of, I'm not sure what he's doing. I think he's kind of, he does some stuff for her, but then she's like, her, her logic is that there are now, uh, more people living, more, more living beings than, than have ever died. Yeah, than have ever died. And that's a problem so for her. In, in her mind, uh, the scales are imbalanced from, you know, in her, like, from the perspective of, like, her duty, her realm, whatever, life is kind of, like, overrun death. Yeah. Um, so he, she says to Thanos, I want you to eradicate half of the life in the universe. So he's, he's like, alright, that's gonna take forever. <laughs> so he goes, so like, and looks in the well 
and the infinity well yeah yeah which like right off the bat as like a means to open this story that that hooked me because it really all of like everything going on it on this level of the marvel universe is a point of just like raw fascination to me because um it's at that point where the division between science and magic is basically arbitrary yeah um and this is like high ass sci-fi. Yeah, I'm really excited to to see where where they do with the movies. But reading this was really exciting too. Mm-hmm. There's actually a line in, in Thor about that where he says something about like they're like, oh we yeah, yeah, we don't believe in magic, and he's like, or like we have science here, and Thor's just like, well, where I, where I come from, they're the same thing. Like yeah, well, there was a scene in Agents of Shield where. I think her name was like Sif or some shit. Yeah. She showed up and like, um, Colson was like, Oh yeah, sorry about this interface. Uh, if you do he starts trying to show her and then she immediately starts blowing through. It's like, yeah, this is like a primitive interface that was used long ago. Like, like he might as well have been playing with a kid's toy to her. Yeah. I feel like I've seen that scene or something. Maybe. But yeah, the the implication in Thor is that their their magic evolved from some variation of science. Yeah, which I like. Mm-hmm. Um, this Asgard's really pretty in the movies, but um. Well, I remember looking at the costume designs and thinking, "Those aren't gods; those are aliens." <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. I, I really like their their kind of middle ground take on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, do you? I guess maybe we should define. The Infinity Stones themselves, do you remember the backstory of how they were created? Um, that was the thing, is, is uh, by uh, means of, I don't know if I was just dumb and missed something, but I accidentally only read half of Thanos' quest. Oh. But I did, like, while you were away, kind of, like, skim, get the gist of it, and find a YouTube video that summed it up. <laughs> You probably could have read it at the time it took you to watch the YouTube video. <laughs> well, I read a little bit of it, but I was like, I was kind of panicking. I didn't want to like be midway through it, but I got the gist of it, which uh, it seemed to be that there was like a, a, it, it's, it's, it feels weird to describe something as all powerful in the face of what we're going to talk about uh-huh. <laughs> because the word all powerful basically gets shat on repeatedly. It, it's, um, it's not even all powerful. It just was. It, it's just like all. Yeah. literally everything yeah. being that yeah. was completely absolute but then that absoluteless uh, absoluteless absoluteness sorry words uh also felt an equally crushing sense of loneliness yeah and destroyed itself yeah which is kind of like really sad yeah it's it's really interesting i i like that as a as a thing like the marvel universe has like a a defined like here's how it started like that's really interesting to me so mm. it, it exploded and into basically all of these elements and and the stones kind of control each element yeah i remember um in the movies they sort of i think they describe them as i don't know if they use the term singularity but there's basically they kind of describe, uh, ascribe a power level to it, and they say that it's like a universe compacted into that stone, or like the power of a whole universe yeah. within the stone. Oh, so anyway, basically, 
people knew that these things were powerful and like they used them for you know whatever they just came upon them and they used them for different things but um so Thanos learns from the well that these things are like if you collect them all and use them all together you're, you're basically you can do right reality and existence as you see fit you can do anything you're you're a god yeah with it he could complete that task with a literal snap of his fingers yes which he does <laughs> oh yeah well so i first thing we wrote was daniel's quest which i guess you didn't read the second issue i uh, skimmed it um so the first one it, it's basically thanos running around and and meeting all these different characters who uh, have come upon the stones for, for various uses, either defeats them or, or tries to bargain with them or some combination of the two. Yeah, there's a lot of deception going on. His uh, biggest advantage being that whereas these these people are only using the stones subconsciously, mm-hmm. uh, he has an intimate knowledge of how they work. Yeah. So first guy is just some guy named the in-betweener. Fit which stone he takes. Uh, that guy had the soul gem, I believe. <laughs> the soul gem. And then the power gem was just someone on some buff guy. <laughs> some big dumb idiot in yeah, space. Yeah, some big dumb idiot. You know, she basically beats his ass and trips in and gets it. The third one was my favorite. Is that the, that's the gardener, right? Yeah. I really like this. Um, it's like it's the first bit of humanity, maybe outside of being in love with death, that you get out of Thanos because he's like, I actually don't want to kill you. Yeah, I thought that was really because you kind of get the sense that okay, there's six stones, he's gonna go to six different places and do the same thing over and over. Yeah. This is really, I like that he has this respect for this guy who's just this old gardener who's using mm-hmm. the. Uh... Which one was it? It was the time gym, right? It was, yeah, I believe it was the time gym because that's why things were growing so fast. He was accelerating. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think it was, I don't know if he actually said so. I think he, he just really, I guess he likes uh, similar minded people and what he may have saw in this guy was a similar kind of ambition. Like, does he say outright what he likes about the guy? He's basically, what does he say? He's like, I like, I just admire, like, your garden. <laughs> he just likes yeah. his garden and he appreciates that he, you know, he likes his, his garden. <laughs> which, which I, I like. Yeah, uh, see, I think, I, yeah, I think, um, what I'm getting at is probably reading a little bit in between the lines, but, um, I think this, this gardener, he also had like, uh, a past beforehand where he was, uh, looking to attain power. Yeah. And this is just kind of like him later on in life, like, as long as I have this garden, I don't need to do all this crazy stuff while out. And... So he, he gets the time gin, and then he he meets this fast-running guy. I don't remember his his name, but I, I thought that was, was clever what he did to this guy. He was like a titan who ran really fast and mm-hmm. was like, you can't catch me! And Thanos basically just used the time gin to speed up his aging process. Like millions of years, so he was just old. Like I can't catch you, but you'll catch death. Yeah, and then he took the time gem from him, and then made him a baby, and then traded <laughs> this baby with the collector mm-hmm. uh, to to get the collector's gem that he had. 
Um, yeah, yeah, and then he, he, he like mind screwed him. Yeah, well, he kind of for no reason. Yeah, really for no reason, which is sort of weird. More, it's it's more what I expected from Thanos because I like I know him as just being evil. Um, what was it outside of uh, kind of skimming Infinity Gauntlet when I was a real little kid? My other like big experience with him was the uh, Marvel versus DC comic where him and Darkseid meet and. The writers from both Marvel and DC have to admit that they're kind of the same guy. <laughs> um, I think they they have the same dad. Did did Kirby make uh, Thanos? I don't believe he had anything to do with Thanos. I think it was Jim Starlin. Oh, okay. Um, but he was very inspired by the new gods, and mm-hmm. um, and that was that was Kirby's baby. Yeah. So what happened between Thanos and Darkseid? Oh, uh, they, they, I can't remember what happened. They just ended up fighting at some point <laughs> and like calling each other pale imitations of themselves. <laughs> it's like, you're like me, but lame. No, you're like me, but lame. <laughs> the chick versus Barry. <laughs> but, uh, exactly. But so yeah, he dicks over uh, the collector. And he's like, oh, the baby effects are temporary. And then he, the guy becomes like a, his regular self. And then just like gets pissed at the collector. Yeah, Thanos is a dirty motherfucker because he pulls that move throughout all, all four of these books. <laughs> it's like I held to my word for 30 seconds. I mean, I kind of appreciate what he did to Mephisto at the end. Yeah, it was towards a better end. I, I think that's a testament. A testament to his uh, his character growth, mm-hmm. uh, actually, which is which is really good. I was surprised to like, I just I didn't think that Thanos would be this well developed and kind of have all these interesting shades to him and, and have actual character growth as a villain, mm-hmm. which I'm sure was reversed later. <laughs> That's just how comics um, work. It did make me a, a little sad thinking that this probably was like he eventually just completely reverted to full evil, whether it was some contrived psychological thing or it was like he got killed and then he came back eviler than ever or <laughs> or there was a universe reset. And now he's evil again. And yeah, I think um, not quite similar things have happened with Darkseid. I think with Darkseid, it's more he's dead for good. Except not really. Yeah, kind of like the Joker. Yeah, the Joker, he doesn't, he's not as deep a character. He's, <laughs> he can be mysterious, but he's not deep. Yeah. Whereas there's a lot going on with uh, Thanos. I, I will say I just finished the Telltale Enemy Within, and they do a really good Joker story. He's, oh, okay. He's very deep. It's probably the best Joker story I've seen outside of the Dark Knight. Well, my computer can probably run it now. Maybe I'll get into those. Yeah, I really like it. Um, but anyway, and then Thanos like beats this other guy who's like a, a game master, and they play like a VR simulation. Yeah, I was like skimming it, and then I saw that, and I was like, oh, you lost me. <laughs> I saw the weird power armor suits on the chessboard, and I was like, uh, It was a little maybe- silly. Maybe if this were me as a little kid, I'd have been into it. But uh, <laughs> this this story, it was just taking the story was taking itself too seriously to kind of 
go there. Yeah. If any of you guys listen to uh, NAGP Resurrection, you know that we're a little worn out on VR. Um, yep. Or maybe not. But So yeah, then he gets all the gems, and uh, we get this really sad final panel of him crying because death has still basically rejected him. Oh yeah, leading into Infinity Gauntlet, which, God, like... As evil as Thanos is being over the course of that story, I was still feeling some degree of sympathy <laughs> for the way Death was just, like, shitting all over his affection. Yeah, she did not care. God! She, she didn't care at first, and then when he finally got the power to do what she wanted, she was like, well, you're, I can't, you're not equal now. You're the god of everything. You can do anything, so... I'm just not going to speak to you because I'm not worthy. And, you know, he doesn't want to force her to, to like him because then that would be a hollow yeah. victory. So he's just... It, his his desire for her love is sincere. Hell is a big part in uh, in Thor. She's I'm pretty sure it's the same character. She's the goddess of death mm-hmm. um, in Thor Ragnarok. I haven't seen anything that says that she's... Involved in Infinity War. In fact, I, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I looked at her on TV. She's not in it, so I'm a little curious how they're gonna play this. Like, mm-hmm. is it just gonna be Thanos's? Like, he's just got a weird demented thing. Or maybe there's a greater aspect of death. Yeah, I I don't know. It's sort of it basically he so he he does the thing. He snaps his fingers and after the universe uh, is just gone, which you know. A lot of people take note of. Yeah, it's like you're about to get more than half the universe dead by doing this because, like, the scroll and the Kree are kind of like, well, it's time for that big war we were avoiding. Because <laughs> half our people disappeared, and there could only be one group of people shady enough to do that. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so this is where we kind of get into where Adam Warlock comes into play. He sort of just. He's effectively immortal from what I looked at in that reading. It seems like any time he would be killed, he gets sent back to the realm within the soul gem and then just pops out. Yeah, sort of weird. Um, He so his big plan, which we see play out, is is he basically all of Earth's heroes are uh, cannon fodder. What's left of them? <laughs> phase one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're used to distract Thanos. Um, oh God, they're the they're the first boat in Normandy. <laughs> yeah, basically. Oh. And then the artillery, which is also kind of a, a distraction, is every cosmic being ever. <laughs> yeah, see that I think was my favorite part of Infinity Gauntlet was just kind of like the depth of the cosmic element. I, I was kind of, I don't know if they were specifically pulling from like elements of cosmic horror that you find in uh Lovecraft or what, but like, I appreciate that even if, even though we're looking directly at these things, they still feel like big and abstract and to some degree beyond comprehension. I actually appreciated that they went uh, sort of abstract and vague with 
the elements of the fights. Yeah. That, you know, the art is really... And oh, credit, yeah. Credit to all the artists who worked on this, because it, it's really great. I can't... I don't have their names in front of me, but um, you can look at Wikipedia. <laughs> um, what was your favorite design out of all those characters? You know, I'm looking at... Um, I have a, the big spread open where Adam's kind of like, I got everybody here. And, mm-hmm. um, I think, I think the design wise, I really like Eternity. He's yeah. just big and kind of, and then when he kind of splits open into Eternity and Infinity, it's really interesting. Yeah, he's like got the universe around him and within him simultaneously. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's great. I really like that. Um, and I also really like the Living Tribunal. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's cool looking, but he's also an interesting character. He's yeah, the judge in the like, courtroom of everything that exists is a really fascinating mm-hmm. concept. Like the literal final say. <laughs> um, there's an effect with him I really like, which is like his uh, text kind of like pops out in the same sort of color and maybe even shape as he is. Yeah. Like it creates kind of like a booming effect. Like his, his voice is echoing throughout the entirety of the universe. Yeah. So as far as I, I really love seeing all the shit and I hope, I really hope that we see some of this like in, in, in the movie because I just love mm-hmm. to see interpretations of this shit. It's just so cool. But, um, did you know, I, I knew of two, and I'm guessing you probably knew, knew of the same two, uh, astral deities, but did you know, like, well, who did you recognize? Um, I recognized Living Tribunal from that Marvel vs. DC comic. Huh. He showed up in there. Um, uh, Galactus, obviously. Yeah. He's a, I'll get into a little bit on him later. He's an interesting one to me. Yeah. Um, I knew of the Celestials by name, but not so much by appearance. Uh, other than them, I didn't recognize. You didn't anyone. recognize the Red Foreman of the universe? <laughs> get out of my solar system, dumbass. <laughs> Yeah, or in this case, it's more like go or stay, but uh, I'm not going to help you. Uatu the Watcher. <laughs> I'm not doing shit. <laughs> Basically. Oh, it, um, it, I don't, I mean, I guess that's just his MO. I know why um, Living Tribunal didn't help. Um, <laughs> one, this, this problem literally is beneath him, and two, it would literally make the story moot. Did he not help? No, he said, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, he basically decided he's not going to involve himself with this. Um, I did a little research after the fact. Um, this is because Living Tribunal, like all these characters we were looking, you're looking at on that panel, mm-hmm. exist as like, have like, like in different universes, have equivalents. Right. Mm-hmm. Like there's an eternity in each universe, whereas Living Tribunal is unique across all those universes. He's above. He's like the step above the multiverse. Mm-hmm. So he's the same motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. So he could have literally been like 
Thanos, you can't use the Infinity Stones, the end, and that would have been the end of Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. But, again, the problem's beneath him. Yeah, him and the watch. The watcher is, <laughs> like, we, I like that I, I read this and now I know how far, like, he, and how, how seriously he takes, I am sworn not to interfere. Mm-hmm. The entire universe could be destroyed if he just didn't want to Which, I think he said, would include him. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is a point, I think it's in Crusade, where he kind of, I feel like he kind of helps Reed out a little bit. I think he explains a little more than what was already known. Yeah, that's right. Reed's like, can you tell us anything? And he's like, I can't interfere with anything, but I was going to watch this videotape over here, so if you want to watch it. If you happen to be in the room when I do it. Yeah, I'm not gonna kick you out or anything. Yeah. It's like, man, TV's gonna suck if they fail. It's just gonna be this big ass egg. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> and this chick is so boring. Yeah, so, uh, so the other ones were there's Kronos, Titan God of Time, mm-hmm. Eternity, uh, Watcher, uh, Lord Chaos, and Master Order. Big-ass Zordon heads. Yeah, pretty much. The powerful and enigmatic stranger. I don't think we ever got a description on him, but he's a... Yeah. He's a guy with a, an old white man with a twirly mustache and a green cape. He's he's there, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, and that's kind of it. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't know about pretty much any of these except for Watcher and Galactus, but then there's mm-hmm. the mysterious embodiments of love and hate, which is... Um, a pretty lady and an angry blue lady. Yeah. Um, and, uh, there's like a, there's a floating, uh, green head over here that I don't, it, <laughs> he's not named, but he has hair. And, and the bottom of his face is tentacles. Uh, and then there's oh. just two giants. That are, it says they can only be celestials. Doesn't, they don't have a name. Yeah, they're, um, celestials, again, in the research, they're like the proto race of the Marvel Universe. It's like, uh, they're what created, I think they confirmed to what created human mutants, the inhumans, and some other race. And possibly just like all planetary life. But, um, before we get off that, I just want to say Galactus stands out as an interesting point in that lineup because all of them, and I think Galactus is supposed to be ultimately be a primordial force in the universe. Yeah. But whereas all of their abilities and powers seem to ex- like be an extension of their being, Galactus is a giant thing with a lot of tech. <laughs> but this is, this is again, one of those situations where like the idea of technology and magic, the division just being kind of arbitrary. Yeah. Cause with that tech, he does all the same kind of crazy stuff, but it's like this point of odd fascination and curiosity to me. Like, yeah, he's really weird. He's also one of the few characters that kind of, um, like he still regards most of like 
the humans on Earth and all these other beings as kind of basically ants. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he he interacts with them the most out of all of these. Uh, yeah. Beings. He just he just. Yeah, it is it is it is kind of interesting. <laughs> He'll sit there and talk with them, entertain them, and be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna use you for this thing now. Uh, sorry." Yeah. Um. So basically, the the rest of Infinity Gauntlet is pretty straightforward. Like, like you send in the cannon fodder, the heroes, and then the uh, Celestials go in. Um. And and they're kind of. I forget if they're if that comes. What did the surfer come before or after the? The surfer comes. I want to say he comes in the tail end of the heroes. Is like uh, plan A was for the heroes to distract them just long enough so that Thanos's guard would be let down. And um, Surfer's uh, role in this was part of uh, Adam's plan A, which was to have the heroes attack Thanos, get Thanos' guard down enough that Surfer can swoop in and swipe the gauntlet. <laughs> and he missed. Yeah, he did miss. <laughs> And then the big guns get called in. Yeah, it's kind of like a both a really interesting and really dire scene to see Thanos take down all of these uh, celestial beings one by one because yeah. he's literally figuring out how to do it as it's happening. Yeah. Well, we didn't even talk about he kills a bunch of Marvel characters too. Oh yeah, yeah he <laughs> kills a he kills a bunch of them and like abandons two of them in like prehistoric times. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Which, that was like, okay, come on now. You know, there's a whole book there. <laughs> yeah. Who did he do that to? Like, it was Drax, the Big Green Space Hulk, and somebody else. I yeah. can't remember. It was two of them. That's right. Drax is a uh, Drax is a little different than the Drax we know. Mm-hmm. It's still Drax. Yeah. So yeah, and then the uh, I, I forget he yeah that's right he basically. Wins. He he beats all of the celestial beings, and then he gets kind of so full of himself that he like astral projects and leaves his body. Uh, and then Nebula, who in in this in the comics she's I'm not sure if it's his daughter, but she's there. Granddaughter. Right, granddaughter, and she's kind of been tortured and like burned, and he, he kind of did this to her, like trapped her in a, a body that's like all fucked mm-hmm. up to impress death. Yeah, yeah, a body that would long for death and never see it. Yeah, that's right. Which um, is kind of what he's doing throughout this whole book. Yeah, and so basically, as she's standing right there, as he leaves his body, and she just grabs the gauntlet and puts it on. <laughs> it's very silly. Um, but we do get the explanation that basically Thanos let that happen subconsciously. Has a, like a deep subconscious desire to not succeed on that level. Yeah, well, it's he secretly feels that he's unworthy of power. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they uh, mentioned that he's like three times has ended up in a situation like this. Uh, I think the first time with the cosmic cube, the second time with the stones individually, mm-hmm. and here again with the gauntlet. They eventually get the gauntlet from Nebula. I, I forget how they... Do you remember? Um, what was it? They kind of... I'm trying to remember. They 
do the overwhelming thing again and the same thing happens. Even she figures out how to beat all these people. She turns them to stone. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember how they did it. First she reversed the, she brings everybody back. Oh yeah. She goes back, she goes back a couple days and then Thanos is like, gotcha. Cause she's all fucked up again. And then she's just like, well, I'm still wearing gauntlets. So she just reverts back again. Um, it ends up off her hand cause I remember there's like, this hilarious yeah. sitcom <laughs> scramble for it. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. <laughs> yeah. There's this great panel of all these. It's, it's like a, a 12 panel of just everyone, like, like crawling right? all over each other. <laughs> yeah. People got other guys in headlocks and people's hands are trying to reach out for it. People's there's, hairs get pulled and faces clawed. And... Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, I think Adam does some weird shit where he, like, separates the power or something because he's connected to the soul gem or something like that. Uh, possibly. Yeah. And anyway, he gets it somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that shit all kind of wraps up and Thanos goes to become a farmer. Well, yeah, he's got to face that weird psychological tick he's got is like when he gets told that that's what's going on that it hits him real hard yeah it kind of changes him and he's, he kind of becomes an anti-hero for the rest of these stories mm-hmm. and warlock ends up having some problems he was the moment he got that gauntlet he was making me real uneasy <laughs> why i did not I think it's, it's just the same thing everyone was echoing, which is, I don't trust him with that thing. Like, it, in the case of the Warlock, the issue is, is he seems too detached. Too detached, but at the same time, there's an ego there. I think it's, it's, A, it's too much power for one man. Yeah, for anyone. So he's kind of, subconsciously, he realizes this and separates out his personality. So his, his good and his evil side are separated out. So the idea is that he's this morally logical person now um, in control of the power, um, which then leads to him logically deciding that the stones need to be split up. Well, it wasn't just that. It was also uh, the tribunal right. had decreed it. Yeah. It's like, like, yeah, these stones don't work together anymore. I'm the tribunal. Fuck off. Yeah. Um so from this point I feel like this is a good uh, implication of what we might see in the movie Mm -hmm. I feel like we'll get the crusade but with kind of a a lot of those random characters throughout the universe like we know where most of the stones are so he's going to have to come to earth Mm -hmm. um, and go see probably the collector Mm -hmm. Um, which I I can't wait to see Benicio again yeah (laughs) Um, who do do you know where they all are in the movies? The, the stones. Um, where did they they put? Cause wait a minute. Like at some point, somebody in one of the movies, somebody like busts in the collector's place and like steals three of them, right? I'm not sure. I don't think he had that many, did he? I could have swore he had like three of them. Yeah. So one of them is in Vision's head. Yeah, and the other is with uh, Strange. Doctor Strange, that's the Eye of Agamotto. That's the, Strange has the time stone, 
Vision has the Mind Stone. Mm-hmm. Um, the Power Stone, I think, is with the Nova Corps. Yeah. Um, and um, wait, was the Loki, the Loki gem? Was that one of the ones the Collector had? Uh, I don't know how that. I just finished Phase One, so they they brought the Tesseract back to um, Asgard, but I'm not sure if it stayed there. I can't remember. I know the Collector has one. Mm-hmm. And then there's, uh, I think the Soul Gem is the one that is unaccounted for in the MCU. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so, I, I'm, I'm very curious about what the hell's gonna happen. Like, I think people, my best guess is that a lot of people are gonna die, um, but then, I think what a lot of fans are predicting for some reason is that um, someone's going to get a hold of the gauntlet and just reset it all. Yeah. Um, I'm See, I'm not thinking as many people are going to die, and that's so the few that do actually stay dead. This is why I'm holding to the idea that Thanos isn't going to get the complete gauntlet. I, I feel like it has to. I also feel like I've seen, like, Little image, someone put together some shit where there's like little hints about the future in, in various places. And I think it might be on Agents of Shield where someone has like a, on a, on a screen, there's like a picture of a planet like split it in half and I think it's Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a feeling that he's, he is going to get that. I mean, I for one like, if I don't get to see someone wield that power on screen, like what was the point of doing these movies? See, I think they might show a partial element. Like they might show him with an u- utilizing an incomplete gauntlet and still wreaking monstrous just havoc. And because the problem is, right, you're either going to have to downplay the stones to a stupid ass degree, or the level of ass pull they're going to have to play to see I don't want to see them screw that up I'd rather they aim low and do that well than aim for the stars and then like shit out a conclusion but we're talking about the Russo brothers I think they can aim high and do it yeah in which case how what are they gonna do I mean it's what what like so far based on what we've seen in the MCU right now what even has a ghost of a whispers prayer or whatever the fuck of stopping Thanos once he has that legit god power. Um, I don't know. That's because they don't have the surfer and they don't have Adam Warlock. Yeah, the the characters don't exist yet. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think he. I I just. I think he does have to do it. I think. Also, there's an, another uh, ace in the hole that I think we forget is that Star-Lord is half um, Celestial being. That's, yeah, but even then, he, he faced two Celestials and, and whooped them. And, uh, the yeah, well, that also depends how much that factors in. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> I, I, I just think there's no way... Like visually, I I have to see that someone controlling the entire universe, and it is. They say it's not going to be two movies, but they've also said that they're not going to reveal the title of the next movie because it will spoil the first movie. Yeah, which means it's in one way or another going to be yeah. two movies. So, um, 
if, if they can surprise me, <laughs> fine. But I'm going to be super pissed if it's Thanos with all out God powers and it's, oh, look, the surfer grabbed the glove this time. <laughs> Why would they do that? That would be so lame. They wouldn't do that. Why would they not That's, do what they did here? Because they haven't introduced anywhere near the number of characters needed to do the same stuff. Like, this is like a plot that spanned the whole of existence and perception within the Marvel Universe. And even then, as we, we you know, established going over Gauntlet, there were still some goofy bits in there. Yeah, but it's not like they can't introduce celestial beings. Yeah, they can, but a lot of this plot centered around the fact that Adam Warlock was living in the soul gym the entire time. I mean, there's 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 lots of ways to to rewrite this. And and Thanos's subconscious <laughs> desire to not succeed is going to ring really hollow if it there isn't like established proof of it. You know, for decades prior to if they like pull that out even if they mention it at the very beginning of the movie, like there's no place you can put that in this movie. That's not going to sound like a, like a Chekhov's gun type. It's like, Oh, okay. That's how they're going to lose. Thanos is an idiot. They, they always see shit that we can't like, mm -hmm. I remember people were worried about civil war. Like there was a lot of characters to juggle and a lot of themes to juggle on top of introducing new characters. And they knocked it out of the park. I'm looking at these guys as track records. The the writing team, they wrote First Avenger, they wrote, wrote Winter Soldier, and they wrote Civil War, which, for my money, are the best of this franchise. And they wrote this. So I think there's, there's, there's a lot of ways that you could make it work where he gets the gauntlet. Um, I, I think, like, I... Honestly, I, I just don't think there's a way that they don't have somebody wear the gauntlet at some point because if they don't, then then what was all of this building towards? Like it doesn't like, but then it, then if they don't do it, it's just a big like thing hanging over the Marvel universe. Like like that possibility exists, but and then it's like, well then. They didn't do it because they just weren't smart enough to write it that way, and they're not going to do it because they're not smart enough to write it. I mean, if they want to bring the power level of the gauntlet down a bit to make it so what we have present in the story or something they can develop in that time can overcome it or work around it, I don't think you can do it the way they did it in this book because a lot of the elements at play within this book are elements that have been developed over the whole of the the whole of Marvel's existence. Yeah, basically. but I, I Whereas still feel like you can develop the, new things. Well, you would have to do it in the span of I mean, in the span of two movies, maybe possible. I feel like if you wanted to go that route, you would have to have something. That was there in the works earlier than, I mean, earlier even than Adam, who was hinted at at the end of a recent film. Again, hinted at. Um, if they surprise me, great. But this has become high stakes now. Well, honestly, I think it's, it's going to be, I think the first movie is just going to be an adaptation of 
gauntlet, and then at the end he's going to get it, and he's gonna. I think they're gonna Empire Strikes Back it. Mm-hmm. He's probably gonna snap his fingers and destroy half the universe, and then the next movie is going to be them figuring out how to deal with this. And they'll probably establish a lot in this movie, but mm-hmm. it is like it is a different universe. Like to suddenly introduce all the Celestials would be. I don't know. I just wonder how they're gonna play it. Like, mm-hmm. but I mean, they. I, I was wondering how they were gonna do a Bucky without the Cold War, which they found a way to to work in. So, I think. I don't know. For my money, I think they absolutely have to unite those stones into that gauntlet. I'm again. I'm not even opposed. To, I. The only thing I'm opposed to in that regard is if it's as powerful here as it is in the comic. Why wouldn't it be, though? Again, you know, I get back to my issue, which is in which case, how directly, how in the hell do they stop it? Well, that's like, what do they have available? What capacity does anyone in this team have to do anything against it? Especially when you consider like two of the heavy hitters are heavy hitters because they have the gyms. Vision and who else? Uh, Doctor Strange. His right. most powerful artifact is the Time Stone. That's right. It's like like two of the characters you would expect to maybe pull something that could conceivably, you know, bail them out. You know, are losing the things that would give yeah. them that ability. But I do think Doctor Strange is probably going to play a bigger role. I mean, add to that the fact that uh, some number of these characters who would contribute to that end are probably going to be dead by the time the first movie ends. Yeah, I I don't know. But I I do think Strange might get a bigger role. He might visit. I Mm -hmm. mean, because we've seen him visit, like, the realms of, like, Dormammu and shit. And Mm -hmm. who knows where else he could go and who else he could talk to. He's kind of the window to that. And then the Guardians as well, they've kind of witness some interesting things like yeah they could be the gateway to the um sort of the like cosmic level deities and stuff like that i yeah. mean they they battled a low grade one yeah um <laughs> it's it's possible i'm just i've got i have my doubts not really i even have i'm just worried i guess is to to not keep saying the same thing over and over yeah. again yeah I'm I'm not worried. Whatever we whatever happens, I think we're gonna get two good movies. Mm-hmm. Just because those teams are solid and they have so much to play with. Yeah. And it's gonna be interesting because Thanos looks powerful already in this race. Yeah. It, it's also the fact that I think the movie could still be good without uniting the whole gauntlet. It could, but I just we've been building to this for so long, like. The Infinity Stones. Oh, there's a gauntlet with all the holes for the stones. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think. I, I, just, I mean, you can build on the sense of dread of that thing being completed. Yeah, and, and I, th- I think that's the first move. But, but yeah, I mean, like even we saw here, he he gets like two or three stones, and it's over. Like he's unstoppable. Yeah. Um. So, and he we we see him in the trailer get two stones. Anyway, <laughs> we read more. Yeah, there's a lot more. Yeah, there's a lot more. Um, I, I will say that Gauntlet was probably my favorite of the four books. Yeah, me too. 
mainly just due to the like the focus of the uh, cosmic level stuff, uh, seeing the gods at work. Um, one element, and this element spans both this one and the next story, um, Infinity War, which is kind of like weird bits of psychology and the nature of actually being a godlike entity. Like one of the elements, uh, Adam Warlock kept trying to play against Thanos that didn't quite work was, uh, um, the sort of, uh, idea, belief, expectation. It's like, okay, this guy doesn't know what being a god is about. He's inexperienced. We can play on that. And I didn't really get what he was saying. I thought it was just, you know, words and stuff till I thought about some of the characters he was contending with, like, uh, not even just contending with, like, even in this corner, like, Mephisto was the one that really kind of put it in perspective. Uh, he's a god in, its own, in his own right, but he's a god within his own realm. And so, like, the depth, intricacies, and elements of uh, control, things you have to take into account, are known to him. They're known to him on a much smaller level. They're known to him within his own realm and to maybe a lesser extent with Adam Warlock in that realm within the soul gem. Whereas Thanos hasn't experienced that and other characters who attain either the gauntlet or similar powers. Oh my God. I think I, okay. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. I had a thought. Um, Haven't really done that. And they factor that in with uh, Nebula as well. Mm-hmm. It was kind of interesting to like get insight on something that kind of to get a weird level of depth and insight on something that doesn't actually exist <laughs> is always a point of fascination to me as like an escapist space cadet. Yeah, it was uh, it was weird. Yeah, reading the whole thing was was very much. It was like, okay, let's take all these weird, crazy, abstract concepts about the nature of reality and, mm-hmm. and make them real and treat them like they're real. Mm-hmm. Um, and just having all these beings like, like eternity, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's like he is everything, like all at once, but he's also like this giant, like black hole man floating in space. Yeah, with his own thoughts and ideas. Independent yeah. of the whole of the universe. Yeah. And like, can I tell you how fucking, I mean, I think if I'd read this in, cause I skimmed it as a kid, but I think if I read it in completion and turned the page and saw Thanos doing the eternity bit with the universe, I'd have been a lot more terrified, but that stuff was still unsettling to see. What stuff? Uh, it's right after um, the fight between Thanos and Eternity resolves. And for a, a brief instance, like, I think uh, that Thanos' waifu is like, oh, God, did, did you die? And he's like, no, I didn't die. And it's his body is still unconscious, but she looks out in the space and he's doing that weird overlay thing that uh eternity also does oh, with Thanos. it yeah yeah <laughs> it's like oh my god satan just killed god <laughs> this is the scariest thing in existence so infinity war is the fallout of <laughs> adam warlock fucking splintering out his personalities and turning himself into a vulcan 
Yeah. And, uh, so the Magus, this, this, um, nice concept. He needs a redesign. Yeah, he does. He's the lamest looking motherfucker I have ever seen in the whole of Marvel. He's very 90s, um, he's just 90s. He looks, he looks like an, like a, like a S&M club leather daddy (laughs) with a lame ass top knot. Yeah, well, he's very, well, he used to have a fro. <laughs> I think I saw that. Yeah. He should have kept it. <laughs> it's in there. Um, and he should have kept that shit. Oddly enough, in flashbacks to a future that doesn't exist. Because mm-hmm. um, that's what he is. Uh, I guess the future version of Adam Warlock. A future version. A future yeah. version who... Came evil, traveled back in time to make sure that Adam Warlock became evil. Um, and I guess Thanos helped him destroy, um, that version of the future. Um, but persisted as a literal aspect of Adam's, I don't know, psyche, uh, soul, whatever. Well, he was always kind of there, but when the good and evil got expelled, the evil manifested itself as that. Mm hmm. Um, so there's all these stories, like, so, and this was kind of, like, where the novelty was starting to wear off a little bit for me, where he's, he kind of, he goes and collects these, um, cosmic containment cubes, which basically give him a shit ton of power. Yeah, they're, they're second only to the infinity gems in regards to power, though you need a lot more to have a similar effect. Yeah, but they're still like extremely powerful, which is kind of like, well, well he's kind of doing all this stuff. Well, what I appreciate with those is that they at least limited what he was doing with them. He seemed to have two primary mechanics through them. Uh, one was creating doppelgangers and the other was monitoring literally everything. Yeah, he did some other stuff too, but yeah, he was, he was very manipulative of everybody kind of. That was his deal, was manipulating everybody. Yeah, it was... Because I was able to get a lot more behind Thanos' means. I mean, a lot of what he did was manipulation. But there was also, like, a mastery of multiple elements. Like, Thanos is doom on space-age steroids. Yeah. Uh, perhaps physic- perhaps literally, as well as figuratively. Um, his, like, mastery of things is... Because, like, he... He speaks a lot in uh, Thanos quest of the soul as well as like displaying a high level of uh, scientific knowledge. And I think displays some uh, capacity with magic as well. Whereas this guy seemed to be almost pure, like working and anticipating of people, which was impressive in its own right. But, um, I think maybe this is just a personal thing on my end as to why I couldn't get behind him as much as the villain, which was like, I can't really see, not even just see myself doing that. I can't really see anyone predicting the actions of people to that degree of uh, certainty, to that like success percentage. Yeah. Like, Like literally the only thing he couldn't predict was because he couldn't see it. It was a doom and Kang. (laughs) <laughs> who were uh to me they were like the, the hail and clash of this series oh yeah they were the two cops from versus for me 
Yeah. I, I just heard that music in my head anytime there was a scene together. They were just... <laughs> Except they're calling each other officer. Yeah. <laughs> Those moments were funny every time, like, one of them's like, fucking asshole. Yeah. It's like, I hate this guy. Yeah, every con- they were having a, an ostensibly civil conversation on the outside, but they were just like, like I can't wait to kill this motherfucker. It was all both of them were thinking. Yeah, it's like, Kang's always like, fucking primitive ass motherfucker, can't read kitten. Doom's like, bougie ass son of a bitch. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that he, um, he did manage to knock out Eternity. As one character put it, slip Eternity a Mickey. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Eternity was like, seriously looking like he was on that shit. <laughs> There's some interesting stuff with Galactus gets really involved here. Mm-hmm. And he ends up sending Gamora inside of Eternity to wake his ass up. <laughs> I kind of like the end of that scene. She's like, and Clegg's like, yeah, sorry, I had to do it. She's like, I'm so going to kick your ass for that. Well, he kind of brushes her off. He's like, I don't. It's interesting because in, in the bunch we read here, he's just kind of like, I don't care about your ego. They'll go away. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then we see a little bit later. Some other stuff where they where they kind of delve into what actually happened when she went in there, mm-hmm. um, which was really fascinating because we got to know basically her backstory, um, and it's kind of more backstory than we've even seen from the Guardians movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand her a little bit better now. Um, mm. Her relationship with Thanos doesn't. It's not quite the same as it is in the movie. Like, it's not as antagonistic. Yeah. I don't think. No, it isn't. She seems a lot more ready to forgive him here than I think she'll ever be in that movie. Yeah. She also, they also have this kind of cute fight scene where they've reunited and they, they kind of spar a little bit and she kind of outwits him and he's kind of impressed. Also with all those doppelgangers. I didn't know that that's how, where Spider-Man's doppelganger came from. Yeah, yeah, I was not, it, it threw me off because I was like, oh, okay, but doppelgangers in this story? And then everyone else had one, I was like, wait, what's going on? Yeah, it was weird. I, I figured the doppelganger was just another clone. <laughs> that's what I thought, too. I thought he was just, I didn't know where the fuck he came from. I, but I guess he hung out after all of this was done. Yeah. Um. And, and, of course, Wolverine can always smell evil copies. Yeah, I like that his uh, uh his sense of smell, like, exists on that on the cosmic level. <laughs> he can smell through cosmic deception. Yeah. That's also... And a Daredevil was getting jealous for half a sec. <laughs> yeah. Well, Daredevil was the one that was, like, he finally called it. Well, yeah, he picked up on it afterward. But he, well, there was that brief minute right before it's like, is this smell really <laughs> beyond mine? Yeah. Uh, also, I think it's it's funny that he can remember everyone's smell that he's ever met. It's like, that's not what Iron Man smells like. That's not what Reed Richards smells like. I can smell his ass through that armor. <laughs> Smells like fucking yeah. piss and metal. <laughs> yeah, steel and aqua velva. That's what he smells like. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, there's a panel when Daredevil finds out he fr- he chucks a uh, 
Oh, yeah, right in the throat. Yeah, right into the throat. And I, I Throws the baton in there. I just realized I'm looking at this, and there's another scene later on where Reed kind of stretches out to yell at people in Crusade. Oh, yeah. And then there's another one where he's, like, he's, like, snaking around all these, I think, gunshots. Yeah. Um, and it, <laughs> it kind of, I really enjoy, like, the, the dichotomy of Reed Richards as one of the most serious, like, smartest men. In the Marvel Universe, but he's... And the most cartoony-looking hero in existence. Yeah, he's just completely wacky-looking in in most panels. <laughs> I don't know how everyone doesn't laugh at him. Like, the Fantastic Four... The other members should be laughing at him a lot more often than they do. Yeah, it's, it's weird, but there's no way to get past that weirdness. Like, I was thinking about... Because remember in Fantastic Four 2? Remember that? The dance scene? Uh, no, I actually I haven't seen two. Oh, you haven't seen Rise of the Silver Surfer? No. It's it's a good one. I actually like it. It was it was on the tail end of my I hate the Fantastic Four phase. <laughs> uh uh I mean it's worth it just to see Reed Richards on a dance floor. Oh dear. You can imagine. Um I mean, I was contemplating going to see that movie until I was told that uh, Galactus was a big gas cloud. <laughs> At, I mean, now I'm not so stuck on it, but before I was just kind of like, yes, yeah, screw every part of that. <laughs> I mean, what sold me, I, 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 I really like Silver Surfer. So, He's cool. So to see him there and voiced by Lawrence Fishburne was just like, mm-hmm. perfect. Like, that, That's what tempted me to go see it. Yeah, he's he's good in the role. I, I really, and he's just his voice, but mm-hmm. it, it's cool. I I think those movies are like really underrated. They're probably better than I gave him credit for. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, there was a very special bias going on at the time they came out. I'm looking at Thanos blow up the Rat Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. I like that. That was raw. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, going back to the doppelgangers, there's a Thanos doppelganger. Oh yeah, who like I was sitting there thinking, it's like, man, why is he? He seems like more of a bitch than the other doppelgangers. And then eventually he meets up with the other Thanos. It's like, yeah, I was totally gonna betray the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. And he already knew it's. They're the only ones that he's more of like a perfect doppelganger. Um, yeah, he seemed a lot more sentient than the other doppelgangers. The rest of them seemed feral. Yeah, he was basically a copy, uh, and they had that thing where they meet, and it's like, oh, are we going to fight or are we going to fuck each other? Because those are the only two options. Um, of course, they end up fighting. I don't think Thanos even masturbates. <laughs> you don't think so? You don't think he... Has like pictures of death on his phone that he looks at while he's jacking off. See, I don't think he he'd probably. I'm not even sure he would actually have. He seems like the kind of guy that would find sex too ridiculous to actually participate in. <laughs> but he wants death so bad. Yeah, he does love her. Maybe the love is just like non. Maybe sex is the only element that's not there. I think he wants to put it in her skull. Maybe like the sexy. Maybe that's why he needed the gauntlets. Maybe he it it needed to be more of like a weird psychic, non-physical thing. 
Because I think it's specifically the physical act of sex that would probably, like, disgust him. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to check Rule 34 later. I oh, it pr- <laughs> I I wouldn't be surprised. Um, it would be funny to see him trying to screw her skeletal form. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Basically dry humping a rib cage or something. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> he basically absorbs himself, and then mm-hmm. it's kind of like this weird insinuation that like there was a warlock thing going on, where it's like, ah, oh, I'm whole again. So it kind of left it up in the air to be is like, is he gonna turn evil again, or uh, I don't know. Yeah, it does make you wonder because like the doppelgangers for uh, <laughs> doppelganger for Iron Man, and maybe Reed Richards straight ate his ass. Is that what happened? That's what it looked like. I thought they, like, shot tentacles out of their arms and, like, climbed into their bodies or something. Yeah, I could have swore they, like, absorbed them or something. But, uh, I mean, it would be kind of funny if, like, somebody went through it, like, decided to pull a uh, clone saga thing with those two elements. Like, Reed and Tony have been doppelgangers the entire time. And I it, guess- would, it would explain what they did to the Hulk. What did they do to him? Launched his ass into space. That was way later. Yeah. But, you know, they're evil doppelgangers now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess we kind of glossed over the the plot of why Galactus sent Gamora into Eternity. It was to wake him up so that he could... Oh, yeah. The uh, ruling that uh, tri- Living Tribunal specifically gave wasn't just that the Infinity Gems can't be used together is that they can only be used together with uh, uh, Eternity's okay, yeah. since it's his domain that these things step over. Um, so they, they woke his ass up. And then um, apparently there's an, an old switcheroo plane played mm-hmm. um, with the reality stone. Okay, now if they do this in the movie, I'll buy it. <laughs> they could. They would kind of be able But to... I don't think that's what you want either. I, I just... I wouldn't want that, but if it still gets me to, like, see it, because he's still kind of tricked him into thinking that he could do all that stuff with mm-hmm. the reality stone. Um, yeah. Which they also did to um, Goddess, which we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to see crazy shit. I just want to see crazy Jack Kirby collages on screen. Like, yeah. Like they did with Ant-Man and Doctor Strange. Like, I just want to see trippy shit. So, yeah, they... Thanos had the reality stone hold, and so he tricked him, and then, and then I forget how did they how did they get that thing from him? Um, let's see. He had the reality stone the entire time. Uh, I can't quite remember. I'm trying to remember the end, and um, I think there was something to do with the fact that um because some aspect of Warlock exists within the Soul Gym, he was able to pull him into it. Yeah, I know they those two fought for a bit. Yeah, they're, they're, I, I like that, that weird bit where, yeah, because of his bond with the Soul Gym, just having, just being in contact with the Gauntlet gave him a similar level of control. Mm-hmm. And then they sort of expanded and had like a super god fight. Yeah. yeah. That was kind of neat. Yeah, but anyway, Warlock uh, beats his ass, and then uh, 
Living Tribunal's like, you know what? <laughs> this is not gonna happen again. <laughs> These are not gonna work together. <laughs> Ever. The end. <laughs> I am so sick of having to come back here. We, this is why we can't have nice things. Um, and then, what happens? Um, well then Thanos is kind of like, he just goes back to his farm. Mm-hmm. And he's basically also like, I, I, I think I'm a changed man and something's interesting. But then he expresses worry about, um, the next problem, which is like, well, we beat the bad side, um, of, of Warlock that got split out. Um, mm-hmm. But what about the good side? Where's that thing? Well, there was also a lot of worry that now that his uh, dark side was not exactly a part of him, it exists as it exists within the soul gem, like it's trapped there. Yeah. So it's not exactly completely integrated with him again. There seemed to be the fear that the logical side of him combined with the dark side would make just a greater villain without having the good to balance it out. But he seems to be okay outside of just being very mopey. Who, Adam Warlock? Yeah. Also, we we kind of skipped over this. It's weird because the the way these stuff we read was put together, some of the stuff was tacked on afterwards um, in terms of order, and it was Mm -hmm. stuff that was in other books that filled in, like, tiny parts. Um, I really like that one episode where it's... the issue of, there's a couple of issues that lead up to it, where Thanos is kind of, there's a scene that we saw earlier, but we, we didn't see this, is he kind of gets astrally pulled to Death's domain. Mm-hmm. To her, and she's like, um, Adam Warlock saved me, uh, during the Infinity Gauntlet crisis. And, mm-hmm. uh, I can't stand for that. I own the debt, and like, I can't stand for that. First of all, she's speaking to him. Which he's just mm-hmm. like, oh my god, oh my god, senpai recognized me. <laughs> um, he's like freak. It's it's super funny. He's like, yeah, he's fanning. He's standing the fuck out. Like he's so sprung. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's like, kill Adam Warlock, and I'll be yours forever. And then he kind of, and we get a whole issue of him sitting in this chair, like rocking his weaponry onto Adam, and kind of in the end deciding. That he can't trust death. Mm-hmm. That he's not going to do it. And that he feels empty and lonely inside. Mm-hmm. Never thought I'd be feeling sympathetic for t- towards Thanos. But God, she screwed him up. Yeah. I, I definitely I like him as a character. Mm-hmm. He's, I understand he's deaf. Yeah. He's definitely a lot more interesting to me now. Uh, so... The, 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 what did you think of the goddess? The goddess, um, I was kind of, uh, due to life stuff, I ended up having to cram a lot of this together more than I would have liked. I didn't get to space it out that well. Mm-hmm. So I was a bit worn out by the time I got to this story. Mm-hmm. But even then, I kind of like the direction they took with her. Because, you know, we've already had two, maybe three different versions of like mad god uh-huh. at work here so um i mean she's also kind of a mad god too but the way she plays things out is a lot different and she's 
there was a point in time where I'd have been rooting for her throughout the entirety of this book. I don't know. She, I guess she appealed the same way she appealed to the people she made her followers. She appeals to the part of me that's uh, still kind of religious, but mm. a little bit like I think I've said 10 percent. I still consider myself 10 percent Catholic, but she appeals to kind of like all fronts of not even just spirituality, but like high morality as well. And I guess just a sense of wonder to the beyond, which has a weird place in the Marvel Universe, uh, a universe where <laughs> celestial level beings and like a pantheon of gods will just appear before before you at any given time. It's interesting to think about these characters still believing in God when like Galactus and they 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 just saw they just saw a, like the pantheon of like cosmic gods try to jump Thanos. Yeah. It's funny, I just rewatched the uh, Avengers film today, mm-hmm. and there's a line uh, where, where before Cap is about to, he's about to go stop Thor and Iron Man from fighting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and Black Widow's like, she's, she's like something about gods, and Cap's just like, there's only one god, bam, and he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't fly or something like that. Or it's like he doesn't swing a hammer or something. Yeah, something like that. So it's yeah, it's interesting that you never really think about that. Well, obviously, you think of Daredevil as religious, but it was interesting mm-hmm. to me to see who was religious and who had like other people were just like mystics, or there were people who had near death experiences. So they yeah, had kind of seen the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of like that uh, in the comics, Cat was just there because she shows up and she's just like, look. You're just like the most solid motherfucker in the entire universe. Yeah. Well, yeah. The the other thing they mentioned was just like high levels of morality. Yeah. And I think the idea was it's a belief in something. It's not even necessarily a higher power because I'm pretty sure the degree to which Spider-Man believes in great power also coming with responsibility is why she called to him. That's a good point i didn't think i was wondering what the deal was there mm-hmm. also there was some an interesting um dynamic at play that i never really realized and i don't think i don't know because i haven't read enough fantastic four to know if it comes mm-hmm. up but apparently sue storm is like very quietly religious yeah which is an interesting because obviously she's married to Reed richards he's like who, yeah, you could, God could literally be sitting in front of him and he'd be like, yeah, no. Yeah. He'd be like, what are you? Let me study you. No, no, no. What are you? Let me look at your insides. Yeah. Pretty much. So that's, I thought that was I mean, uh, they, they hint at it and I think it factors into a story they kind of touched in the cartoon but didn't go into depth. Uh, they mentioned she lost a baby, which is, is some dire ass shit. In the cartoon? No, not in the cartoon. No, l- let me get to that. Um, but in, in the comics, <laughs> it's deep. It's no, dark. No, no, they didn't do that in the cartoon. <laughs> they used a response in the cartoon. Basically, um, you remember that episode where she went evil and had the dominatrix outfit? I uh, know that sounds tight. It was hot. <laughs> <laughs> now you but, understand. Uh... <laughs> you finally understand. <laughs> 
yeah, she wears that outfit. She, yeah. Um, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, I lost my train of thought. No, she, um, what is it? She lost the baby. Some stuff happened and I don't know who it was. Somebody made her evil and she developed this persona called malice mm. and was like going after her team. And it only broke when cause she was made to believe she hated every member of her team. Right. Mm-hmm. But it only broke when uh, Reed got her to accept the fact that she actually did bear some degree of hatred towards him, like actual hatred broke her out of it. Uh, they actually had her turn in the malice for an episode of the cartoon, but it was a pure brainwashing type deal. Uh-huh. But um, when, when they say that she, it makes sense considering she'd been dealing with some really dire stuff. I believed it. Hmm. It was kind of interesting too, because we get the bigger explanation from Johnny and he, but he says that it, it was, it, it was how they were raised. Oh yeah, he also mentions that he was also quietly sort of religious, mm-hmm. but not as much as her. Yeah, and, and wondering why he didn't get called as well. Yeah, it's it interesting. Um, but also, I don't know if they were trying to say something about this entire arc, but it's, it turns out they're all just being brainwashed. Yeah, it was. I, I appreciated the as as like crass as Wolverine is about it the way he tries to get Storm through it, that it's not, see, see what your fake-ass beliefs get you? It's like, no, it was a bad person. Get over it. Yeah. It's not, it's not condemning the belief with the negatives that come with it. Yeah, I think, um, subtextually, they may have been going that, but overtly, it's, it's, it works as kind of a, as a really interesting concept. Like, mm-hmm. this thing is going to come and trick all these people who have these beliefs and manipulate them. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not even manipulate. I think she believes a lot of it herself. She did. I believe that with utmost certainty that she believed all that was going to happen and just didn't really understand the capacity to the capacity which the damage she was going to create was going to happen. There's all the talk of balance in the universe, and that's maybe the most unbalanced action taken over the course of all these books. She wanted to eradicate... All evil. Yep, all the sin and all the sinners. Not realizing that when doing that, she'd just literally kill everything. Yeah. The universe became a big mass of fire. You said you were a little burnt out by this one. I was burnt out by this point. I think I'd have been a lot more into what was going on with the goddess had uh, I not been. I, I was okay. I spaced it out a little bit, but I was still kind of like, okay, we're still kind of telling the same exact thing, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still enjoyed it. It, it was it was cool. Um, basically, she uses this big egg to... You know, and then there's a big fight. All the guys are guarding her. All the, the Marvel heroes that are brainwashed. And the, mm-hmm. uh, the other guys invade and um, I, I didn't. I feel like there wasn't that much depth to this one, but the stakes aren't as high. No, they're not. Even though due primarily to the fact that you don't have the literal end-all, be-all cosmic weapon. Yeah, although she did want to kill everything. Well, she wanted to kill all evil, but she didn't realize that it would literally kill everything. There's just some like minor things I wanted to. 
the, the, I like the, the the Sleepwalker guy. What was his name? Uh, was it Sleepwalker or Nightwalker? Dreamwalker? Was it Dreamwalker? Uh, I, I like that he spiked his own orange juice. That was kind of funny. It's, it's Sleepwalker. Yeah, I really like that. That was the only thing I wanted to say about him. <laughs> Is I, I really like the concept of a a hero that basically exists in the body of someone who doesn't know that they're there. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, it's funny, something happened that I was thinking about, you know, from Infinity Gauntlet all through this, and it actually, it was funny that it actually happened during Crusade, was like, man, Thanos, especially in uh, Gauntlet, though, was like, Thanos is so just over-busted powerful right now. I'm, I'm almost certain that if I turn the page right now, his gauntlet's going to reach out of it and choke me. <laughs> yeah. And then it actually happened with the, uh, with the egg where like the fire was taking everything. And then you get a shot of somebody like reading the comic and then the fire shoots out of it. Oh yeah, that's right. There was a, a guy, they kept explaining that while showing a kid reading the comic. Mm-hmm. It's very meta. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, I enjoyed that little vignette of them taking her out. Mm-hmm. I also really liked um, Thor smashing into the planet. I believe mm. naked. I got, <laughs> not not Thor Hulk. Yeah. Um, funny because again, I just watched Avengers and he, he does that. <laughs> um, I also really liked the roided up Silver Surfer that absorbed. Oh yeah. Yeah. They literally had to like pinball him into the planet. <laughs> Yeah, that shit was... It's so 90s. He's just so buff. And flipping out. Yeah. He's just... He's just completely voided out. It's... That was kind of interesting, though, that they were saying um, that they're really... That the limit placed on his ability is kind of... It isn't really set so much as it's based on his own sort of uh, willpower and desire not to hurt himself. And he could conceivably just, like, take in energy till he explodes. Yeah. Because <laughs> he flew into the sun and sucked up all the energy. I really... It is a shame that kind of the order of some of the rights acquisitions have really affected... Um, stuff we get to see and how we get to see it because I really mm. would like to have seen the surfer like like they're going they're fucking around in cosmic space like yeah I would love to see the silver surfer out there surfer would be good to see Galactus would be yeah. good to see like maybe like they got well I mean they got Fox now so yeah they could conceivably and they're gonna need something down the line maybe I mean you don't go bigger than the gauntlet Mm-hmm. But I think um, Thanos is a nice enough threat for the whole of the Avengers or the Fantastic Four if they want to take another stab at those movies. I think there's a there's a social media campaign right now to get for some reason people want John Krasinski and Emily Blunt to play Reed and Sue. Mm. I guess they're married in real life. But oh, OK. Mm. You, it goes. I mean, you know them, right? The names ring a bell. Uh... Emily Blunt is, well, she's Emily Blunt. I don't know if she's in Sicario, which I, I love her in. Um, you'd recognize her, but John Krasinski is, um, that dude from The Office. Um, Jim from The Office. I haven't seen. 
I haven't seen The Office. Uh, we had a roommate that watched that show nonstop. Joe? Uh, no, Mongo. Oh, Mongo? I, I didn't know that. I used to wake up to the sound of that show, <laughs> and it made me crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what else you would have seen him in. Um, he's been doing a lot more movies lately. He's, um, that movie, A Quiet Place, I don't know if you've seen the trailer, but that's both of them. Oh, okay. I think he actually directed that. Uh, so people are I was, saying, I was hearing real good stuff about that. Yeah, I definitely want to check that one out. But, um, yeah, apparently in an interview, he was like, I'd love to be in the Marvel Universe. And then I think some people were like, Free Richards. And then he was like, Yeah, I'd love to be in the Fantastic mm-hmm. Four. And now everybody's like, Yeah, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt for Reed and Sue. Um, which I, I could see working. I wouldn't be mad if they did that. Um, cause I think they'd probably get it right and do it in a fun way, but the, he's not like, he never would have jumped into my brain as Reed Richards. Mm. Um, I think he could do it. He could be like a little bit funner over Reed Richards. You gotta think of who you want to see stretched out every which way. <laughs> yeah. That's, I guess that's one of the problems with a Fantastic Four movie is, uh, Reed Richards alone is a CG the whole i mean really the whole of the team but i mean we're obviously we're in kind of a, a golden era right now like to the point where shit just looks really good it's it's funny because i started watching phase one with ang lee's hulk which i kind mm-hmm. of uh i consider it to be the portable ops of the mcu franchise <laughs> it, it, it happened but only kind of i think the only thing i like about that is the implication that um, maybe not to the degree that they imply it in that movie, the idea that some aspect of why Bruce Banner turned into the Hulk had to do with Banner more than the gamma radiation. Uh, you mean his dad? Yeah, well, I remember that was like a, like one of the big points in the movie was yeah. that like more of it had to do with Banner than the radiation. I thought that was just an interesting element for the character to kind of deal with. Yeah, I enjoy that because it's funny, like, Incredible Hulk, actually, it, it kind of retells the origin, and it's mm-hmm. very similar, but in a different way. And basically, he ends, at the start of that movie, he's in the same place that he was in the end of the first Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, I think somebody, some producer called it a requel, because it's mm-hmm. like a reboot and a, and a sequel. The first one ends with him in the middle of Latin America, and then the second one opens with him in Brazil, so... Mm-hmm. He's, they basically link up pretty well, which is why I wanted to watch. And I hadn't seen it in a long time. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, but starting there and seeing like the CG Hulk there and seeing even just the leap a few years later to Incredible Hulk, like the CG's gotten really good. And we didn't really, CG was still kind of not bad when they made those Fantastic Four movies, but not indistinguishable, like. Yeah, you couldn't go from one to the other, like it, seamlessly. Yeah, to me, it's like crazy. The first, I remember when stuff started blowing my mind a lot was around the time of Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing mm-hmm. Spider-Man Two. Like, there's a shot. I think the opening, he's falling. Mm-hmm. And then you know he swings around and shit. Uh, I had assumed that they like recorded him falling you know, from, like, a pad or, like, in a wind 
tunnel or something and yeah. you know, on a blue screen. But that is actually a CG generated character. Like it mm-hmm. just looks that good. Like the texture on the cloth looks right and his his suit isn't actually like stuck completely to him. Like you see little it's like waving in the wind a little yeah. bit. It's it's just looks really fucking and I actually think their CG on that looks kinda of better than um the stuff they're doing with Tom Holland. But it's it's weird this the Tom Holland suit is is weird. It does stand out in a weird way. Yeah, the colors are weird. Like it looks like it's made of an alien material. Yeah, it does. Um anyway, did you enjoy these? I did. Um something I wanted to save to the end is like I got a feeling across all these and you might have to take my saying this with a grain of salt because I haven't my knowledge of Nietzsche comes from people describing his works versus having actually read any of the books in their entirety. Same here. But I feel like I feel like Thanos and Adam Warlock are like <laughs> Nietzschean superheroes. <laughs> I think that's what they were going for. Especially yeah. when they open each book with a quote. <laughs> yeah, well I mean um they kinda they hang the lampshade on it with F and uh, what's his face? Magus. Magus like, yeah, Nietzsche really knew his shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is your hype level increased, decreased for the movie? Um, well, there's a worry level now. <laughs> um, and it, it does pull away from the hype. It potentially pulls away from the hype a little bit. I don't know if I'll, I'll probably feel different by the time it comes out. I'll just want to see it. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I guess now I just gotta prepare myself for the possibility of what I'm fearing will happen. And in doing so, allow myself to enjoy everything else again, if it happens. Yeah. Um, whatever they decide to do with it, I trust those, that team just, I, I just trust them to do at this point. They've knocked it out of the park three times and there's no way that it's going to disappoint me. I just know whatever they give me is going to be good. So at this point, I'm just like count, mm-hmm. count down the days. Like actually, I haven't been counting down the days, but you know, I'm watching all the movies. I'm getting like hyped. Like, and it's cool rewatching all these movies. Like going back to the very beginning and seeing like Bucky and Cap in the 40s mm-hmm. is like great. Seeing the first time Cap meets Bruce Banner, first time he stands next to Iron Man in the costume, mm-hmm. and they meet each other. So all that stuff is, you know, seeing like baby ass Tom. He he looks so young. Yeah, it's weird. He looks super young in Thor, but he he looks a little bit older in Avengers, which is strange. But maybe it's the haircut. Mm-hmm. But I mean, seeing you know Anthony Hopkins in there, which is yeah. just like great to see that that caliber of actor in a Marvel movie and someone who actually stuck with these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, I'm really enjoying rewatching these. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it, it adds to the fun of kind of going back to these things and noticing elements that didn't quite stand out as much due to their connection to things that would happen further down. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think right before I actually saw, 
um, actually saw not even Civil War. I actually saw the bit in the trailer where Cap saying, "I can do this all day." I ended up rewatching um, First Avenger, mm-hmm. where he does that. So when I see it in the tr- not even just in the movie in the trailer, I got hyped. In the trailer? Yeah. For Civil There's, War? Yeah. Yeah. At the end with Iron Man? Where, yeah, where, yeah, Tony's saying, stand down, final warning, and he says, I can do this all day. Because so I think, had I not rewatched it, I wouldn't have realized that was a callback to the first film. And it's, it's the thing a lot of the, a lot of these other companies trying to get a universe established don't really get. Yeah. Because they're trying to jump right into, Look, we got a universe too, and it's like, no, no. First, you make a good movie, and then you make another good one, and maybe you add some connective tissue. You build that tissue to at least three films before you start trying to talk about. Look at this universe, because I mean, really, the only things that compare are X Men, which is now also Disney. So there you go, mm-hmm. and maybe Fast and the Furious. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. They're at eight movies mm-hmm. right now. Oh, yeah, I was listening. I think the podcast is it's called Junk Food Cinema, and they talked about a crossover that I didn't know I always wanted to see, which was um, Fast and the Furious meets Bad Boys. <laughs> like, basically, it's another Fast and the Furious, except they send Martin Lawrence and Will Smith out to get him. <laughs> Yeah, I, I haven't seen Bad Boys, but I would I would love to see that. Is there anything else you would like to say on this topic? Um, see, I wish I knew which episodes to recommend, but I feel like because uh, you know, in my show we do recommendations, and I was uh-huh. trying to come up with some for this. Um, I feel like there's a number of Star Trek episodes that would appeal to the, I guess this like weird cosmic level existence that we get to see a lot of in these books like i know there was one episode of next generation i saw recently where um uh dr crusher like somehow slips into like a parallel dimension that is fading and her son's trying to find find her and he encounters this like weird quantum dude that's able to he's like He's, how do I put this? It's like he has the space gem from this. Like he exists in multiple places, multiple realities simultaneously, and he's trying to show Wesley how to do it so he can find his mom. Yeah, there's lots of Star Trek episodes. There's an episode of the original series like that where mm-hmm. Kirk kind of gets trapped in like a in between dimensions or something. Um, but this kind of reminded me of episodes where you go and see, or they end up on some planet and they encounter like a Greek god who is like, I was like, we created you in our image like eons ago, like worship me. And of course Kirk is like, no, like you just did this with technology. <laughs> um, but obviously in the, in these books we see there's Titans and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Kronos and, and Thanos is from Titan, I believe. Yeah, um, you have those elements. I was thinking about that. I was thinking, um, Star Trek goes a lot harder into the skepticism on that end. Uh, well, specifically Next Generation. 
Because it seems like anytime somebody mentions like a god or deific type being, Picard just gets really upset and starts ranting. Um, there's some episodes like that in there too. I'm thinking, I mean, Star Trek, I want to recommend in general just due to like the simultaneous humanistic element. It, it's humanism existing in this sort of great beyond type setting. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the, the end, like the, uh, the end of humanism, but also like the start of true humanism where like humans have, you know, learned to work together and mm-hmm. are focused on exploring the universe and learning. Yeah. It's a bit like, it's a bit, it's a less hopeful or maybe, uh, less optimistic kind of take on, uh, what you ultimately get with Superman with guys like Adam Warlock and maybe a darker version of it with Thanos where it's kind of like, this is like the scope and scale of human potential. Um, you know, just with what you see the two of them accomplishing, like literally competing with gods and cosmic entities. The, uh, I guess the difference being that, uh, whereas Superman has actual powers, um, Thanos and, warlock are a bit more limited mm-hmm. but to that degree i guess it's a more realistic take on the capacity of humans in a setting like this i mean they still have like weird god powers but they're not like i just have these powers they're either powers they developed or attained through mastery of something is there anything else did we miss anything oh i think another thing i wanted to recommend because um Partially due to the similarities between Thanos and Darkseid, as well as the uh, Kirby influence across the two. Um, all things New Gods. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's a very similar story, very similar like pantheon of uh, characters, lore. Cosmic. Yeah. Big, giant, buff, old assholes who want to break things. Yeah, struggling for, with each other for power. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll see that on screen someday, I guess. Hey, if uh, DC could ever get its crap together. Yeah, did you end up seeing Justice League yet? Uh, not yet. It's fun. It's it's a it's a really dumb, fun movie. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what I wanted out of Batman v Superman. But, uh, it's, it's just, it's so dumb. But it's, it's fun, it's worth watching. Mm-hmm. Um, where can we find more of Jumper Cables on the internet? Um, yeah, let me just apologize. Um, yeah, when I'm not procrastinating on things I'm supposed to do, you can find me on Twitter at OldTakuConnect. At this point in time, you may still be waiting for that Street Fighter episode. (laughs) Sorry, um, health problems and school and other things have been kicking me in the dick. Ladies. No. That's what he's into. <laughs> There's been no ladies. I I have no time. But if, if you if you would like to kick him in his dick. Oh Jesus Christ! Ta- would you get off of that? Old tacos. I already told them. Oh, it's not me who gets off. Or maybe it is. See, the only reason why he does this is because he has no actual fetishes of his own to mock <laughs> to be mocked for. So he exists in this comfortable space. You see, his Infinity Gauntlet has no stones in it, and that's what gives it power. (laughs) 
the only thing I can make fun of him for is being basic, but it really gives me no gratification. Very strange. Yeah, but not not sexually. Like, I can't make fun of you for that, because there's literally no material for jokes. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I shouldn't say that well. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Damn. Anyway. See, see, this is what I was talking about with, like, not believing a person could, like, control and manipulate a human to that degree. If I were anything like uh, Magus, I'd have gotten you to admit to something. <laughs> I may have actually said that to you uh, before. Well, I can't even remember it, so that's like two maybe, points, Pangelina. Maybe I haven't said it. It's just, uh, it's just you know, sometimes you, you've watched as much porn as you can, and it's, it's just boring. So you got to turn <laughs> to some more interesting things. How do you think I got where I am today? <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll leave it at that. Um, HeyListenRadio.com, Facebook.com slash HeyListenRadio. We're on SoundCloud. I guess that's HeyListenRadio.com, basically. Um, mm-hmm. Instagram. Oh, that reminds me. i got to post Joe's show on Instagram. Yeah, the uh, missing third member. Yeah, he, um, well, we won't talk about him. So yeah, because because he bailed on us again, he gets to be the Magus of the trio. What does that make you and me? Uh, since you're already a Vulcan, you get to be Adam Warlock. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. Which make again sense. makes me the woman. <laughs> I don't know how this keeps happening. <laughs> um, Instagram, hey, listen, radio. Um, why am I saying that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm at Hyper 90s on Twitter. Um, yeah, Joe's at uh, NAGP Returns. NAGP Returns, that's it. Yeah, follow us. Um, tune in next week, next month. If you want that egg um, in your face. Yeah, it won't even be next week. It'll be whatever number of days from when this gets released. It will be the 15th because that is my release day. <sighs> All right. Thanks for listening.